everyone, and welcome back to It's Super Important, the podcast about adaptations. My name is Jules. And I'm Zoe. And this week we're talking about the 2021 Cyrano movie starring Peter Dinklage. Yeah, and directed by uh, Joe Wright, who you may also know as the director of Pride and Prejudice 2005. He has a very distinct visual style that I enjoy. I'm not sure about the other things he does. Yeah. Um, he's a good director. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie uh, stars Peter Dinklage, which I think in general, excellent choice. Because yeah. I think the main thing about Cyrano, uh, which freaking what year did the original play come out? Um, 1897. 1897. So, and it's about an, an actual historical figure. It, yeah. It's sort of about him. Um, Savinian de Cyrano de Bergerac, who lived from 1619 to uh, 1655 and was a mm-hmm. duelist, playwright, novelist, etc. Okay. Um, I don't know if that dude had the, the, the trademark uh, trait of Cyrano de Bergerac, which is the big nose. Um, I assume he had it somewhat. Um, I think so. Well, yeah, you're looking at a picture of them, a drawing of him right there. And yeah, it's yeah. decent. Um, yeah. But uh, I think what's useful about that for like doing it as a play in the late 1800s, it's a very easy thing to make a prosthetic for, like not even a real prosthetic. You can just like tie a cone around a guy's face and you've got it. Yeah. And, and bingo. <laughs> yeah. And so in the, there was the Steve Martin version, uh, like the modern adaptation, which also had him with a big nose and that was a prosthetic. But I feel like in general, the the way you can adapt Cyrano is anything that would make him non-conventionally handsome or not conventionally attractive to um, the wider world. Um, yeah, whatever makes him undesirable in the eyes of society and whatever unquote. he can yeah. be insecure yeah. about appearance-wise is works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, because, like, we've seen um, the half of it, which is a looser adaptation, but it's a modern one as well, in which the Cyrano equivalent is a lesbian, um, and she's not really out to anybody. In that, she's also Chinese-American, and she's one of, yeah. like, four people of color in her town. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, of, of stuff. Yeah. And then um, we've also, we, we watched, um, in our literary-inspired web series background, we watched The Adventures of Serena Berg, which was done by, uh, by a, a, an old friend of mine, Shauna. And that one sticks quite close to the plot of the yeah. play, other than the ending. Really, like, in the LIW tradition, is just, like, take all the same characters, basically just make it a straightforward adaptation, but put all the characters in modern day because the thing about yeah. the web series format is it's much easier to do a lot like a longer story and not cut as much and the Cyrano in that Serena is uh, a trans woman and yeah. um she's also a lesbian and the Roxanne at that point kind of assumes that she's straight um yeah and so there's a couple things about Serena that like make her insecure about herself she has a scar on her face I think yeah. from getting in a fight that sort yeah. of stuff yeah yeah and now for this one, we have Peter Dinklage, who I looked up because I wanted to be respectful of. He seems to tends to refer to himself as a dwarf. So that's what I'm going to say here. Uh, I think he really kind of broke out with Game of Thrones. He had some bigger roles before that. But um, I think Game of Thrones, where he played Tyrion, was when people realized, oh, wait, this dude's freaking great. This dude's a great yeah. actor. He's, he's really good. 
Yeah, and again, I think excellent choice for Cyrano. He has the right charisma for it. Totally. And so when we get into the movie, um, we open with Roxanne, actually, which I think is interesting because the first act of the play, I like skimmed over it again. I I tend to try to do that for anything we're watching an adaptation of. I skimmed over it again. And the first act of the play basically is all in like the play within a play that uh, the the guy is performing at. Oh, right. Um, It more opens on like Christian, actually. Yeah. So I think opening on Roxanne is a really interesting choice. And I think a good one because I think people are for like all these older plays where or like stories where the, the the woman is not necessarily the focus she might have a good characterization and like be a like an interesting character but she's not necessarily as focused on as yeah. a lot of the guys yeah i like how much of roxanne's perspective we got in this movie like she and she and cyrano were sort of dual leads yeah, and she yeah. was almost more the focus mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and i really yeah. liked the way that this movie did and that. i i really liked the the like opening shot of like Roxanne's collection of puppets. Yeah, the marionettes were super cool. So, which has a couple things. One, I did. I looked up a bit about Joe Wright. He's really into puppets. I learned. <laughs> um, he did like a short film a couple years ago that was entirely puppets. Um, so, I, and then that thematically fits in the sense of like Cyrano in a lot of ways is a puppeteer of Christian. Yeah. Um, and also, we have a little puppet of basically original play Cyrano for the big notes, and I love that. Yes. And so this orig- opening scene introduces us to Roxanne and. We learned that there's going to be a bit more of a class kind of topic of this movie because we learn like her basically like maid or like, uh, I guess she's a maid. Yeah, her, her, the woman who sort of attends her. Yeah, uh, I think that kind of equivalent is the duenna in the original play, but I think she has a name yeah. here. She's Marie, that's her name. Marie, yeah. Roxanne's attendant is what Wikipedia calls her. Roxanne is getting ready to go out to a play with uh, De Guiche, who is a very rich man who is very interested in Roxanne. And I like that they changed it from the play, because it really simplifies it, where in the play, De Guiche is married, and he's trying to set up Roxanne with Valver so yeah. that he can have better access to Roxanne. And I think it just it's it's simpler to just kind of simplify that, as well as yeah. what happens to Valver very early on in this movie. Um, for sure. And so uh, Maria's like, you should wear the dress that uh, De Guiche got for you. And Roxanne's like, I, I don't like that dress. <laughs> um, <laughs> very clearly, like, Roxanne does not want to marry De Guiche, but she's like, if he's into me and is going to pay for a bunch of stuff, like, I'll let this go on as long as I can. <laughs> yeah, which, like, rough, but uh, I would probably do the same in her situation. What they talk about in this part is Maria's like, you need money because uh, we're barely, like, affording to stay in this uh, place, which I really like the way that, like, Roxanne's home is decorated. because it is all very like a lot of it is very like fancy but like in like closer shots you can see a lot of it has like cracked paint a lot of it is very old and so that kind of shows how Roxanne is trying to maintain like this veneer of being a well-off young woman yeah she comes from wealth and privilege but it's kind of all fallen apart and she's just trying to hold uh, the the appearance of things together yeah yeah and so she goes out to meet uh the Geesh, who is played by Ben Mendelsohn, who has been into freaking bajillion things. He's like one of those British actors who is just going to be in whatever. He like yeah. he is and always is great. <laughs> yes. 
I like forgot that they have like the cake makeup <laughs> at this point in time. Yeah. Um, but I but I do like that only the bad guys wear it. <laughs> yeah, well it's this it's this thing that like costumer costume designers and and makeup people do a lot in mm-hmm. period dramas is making the main characters the most modern looking people. Yeah. In in some way, like yeah. keeping the most historically jarring aesthetics to characters who we're supposed to not like or not relate to or people who are like meant to come off as old-fashioned in some way especially the cake makeup like if Cyrano had the cake makeup I would not be happy but also it symbolizes the kind of class divide because neither Cyrano nor Christian is really doing that and it's because like they don't they're not like nobility Right, they're not in those social spheres. They wouldn't be able to afford the upkeep of of that aesthetic. Like, yeah, they're they have jobs. <laughs> yeah, um, Roxanne is in the carriage with De Guiche and Valver. Uh, Valver's gay, uh, very yeah. clearly, very clearly oh, gay. Uh, sure, like she makes sure. a joke about him wearing the dress that De Guiche bought her, and he's like, "I would." Uh, yeah, <laughs> so good for him, I good guess, for, for now. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, Roxanne starts singing. And I realized yeah. this was a musical. <laughs> I did not know beforehand that this was a musical. And I was like, oh, he- wait, okay. All right, okay. <laughs> Our first song of the play is uh, Someone to Say, which is uh, Roxanne really only sings in it, except for like some ensemble, like people in the street. Roxanne, by the way, she's played by an actress called Haley Bennett, who has really not had that many big roles. No, I really liked her. She was wonderful. She was very charming and charismatic. She was so charming and sweet, and I really liked her a lot. And as the song went on, she has a decent voice. Um, And as the song went on, I was like, man, I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. Uh, (laughs) The lyrics of these songs are very blunt. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't love it. (laughs) No. The songs annoyed me a lot. Yeah. I, 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 okay. (laughs) the choreography during some of these songs drove me up a wall oh okay some of it is good some of of it was very pretty a lot of Roxanne's songs had really pretty things going on gorgeous framing gorgeous like like metaphor stuff going on with the with the visuals but I'm gonna make a guess you didn't like the freaking like ensemble big group I hated that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they made no sense because for me, with musical like choreography in a musical needs to convey like meaning or emotion in some way like that is yeah. what you're you're doing there is mm-hmm. you need to like yeah you need to get yeah. across what the song is about and and if you're using dancers who aren't also singing dancers who aren't in the scene before you really yeah. need to work on making it make sense symbolically yeah. in some way like yeah. if it's the spectacle that's fine but that only works for certain sorts yeah. of songs right like and in certain sorts of musicals and this wasn't quite that yeah. <laughs> and also a lot of the dancing was like parts where no one was singing it's like why are we like rotating in circles and like what's with the bread and like I, there was <laughs> a bread dance i'm gonna be honest i like that bit <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get to it um, but totally. for example, with what you were talking about the other day, um, I forget like what exactly prompted me to do this, but I was watching the, uh, the uh, I think 2021 West Side Story 
um, uh-huh. the, the, the uh, their version of America, which is wonderfully choreographed. And like, it yeah. all really shows like how it really shows the characters like Anita and uh, Bernardo are being very like coy with each other. And like, it like is in sync with the way that like people are moving. And it's also very much like, um like meant to portray things. Like you have like the girls dancing and then the guys dancing. It's almost like a dance battle at some point. Right. So they're in sync with each yeah. other. It's, I really like that. And, but then for this, it's like, I guess we're just what, like we're watching the bread boys spin around. <laughs> right. Like I think group numbers. Yeah. If it is a group number, like with multiple characters yeah then it should portray like the dynamics between those characters in some ways like the worst choreography in a musical that i have seen in person was a production of spring awakening when i was in college where like people were paired off all the time but they weren't characters who were paired off in the text they were just like actors who were the same height or something and i was like oh geez this isn't your job as a choreographer here is to make the story make more sense through dance. And so you should be pairing, if you're pairing people off for any reason, it needs to be characters who are linked in the story in some way. And you should Mm -hmm. like track that through different group numbers, like depending on how their relationship with each other changes. This movie didn't really have that problem because we only have, we don't have enough of a cast doing group numbers for that to happen. But It's just, I felt like, again, I really enjoy Joe Wright's visual directing style, and this is a very beautiful movie, and I like it a lot. I think that sometimes it it prioritizes pretty visuals over visual meaning, and sometimes it's a little bit odd. (laughs) Yeah, which I think is something we've had, we have a problem with in the 2005 Prime Prejudice as well. Like, this is kind of a recurring thing for him. Certainly. So yeah. I, I feel like he needs someone to tell him to rate it in a little bit, but <laughs> I wish this was not a musical. I wish so bad this was not a musical. Yeah. And when I found out afterwards, I was like looking up like the songs and why it was a musical. And I found out it was the national. The national did these songs. What? Who I think uh, have been like a uh, more like alternative rock band for ages, but more people like in the mainstream have known about them since uh, they've collaborated with Taylor Swift on like Full yeah. and Ever- Evermore. Um, they made these, they did these songs. Like they like wrote them and like composed them and et cetera. And I'll be honest, that tracks because yeah. the national, like the songwriting of the national is very like earnest and like not like specifically like the lyrical writing of them is very yeah. like kind of just like very earnest and like not it's sometimes kind of poetic, but like, it's very like, when it's like a love song, it's like very straightforwardly romantic and stuff like that. Like that's kind of their thing. And so very clearly the lyrics here are kind of following that. I want to read one of the verses in this first song. Someone to say, Um, I need something to die for, write poems and cry for, and I won't be ashamed. I'm nobody's pet, nobody's, no one's wife, no one's woman, and I won't play that game. I know writers who use subjects, they're all cowards. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so, and like, I get in a way how it makes sense in the sense that like, like there's supposed to be like a contrast, I guess, between the way Cyrano writes and the kind of poetic nature of it versus like the kind of more, songs in the moment that are more straightforward and i kind of get what they were going for there 
But some of these lyrics just made me roll my eyes. Like I can't help it. (laughs) Well, and this is this is Roxanne's "I Want" song, and it's so lacking in subtlety of any kind. Yeah, and it's like okay, like I like how it sets her up as a main character who, who wants things. You know, because I feel like often Roxanne is not a character who wants things. Yeah. Um, and so that's nice. Like, if it has to be a musical, giving Roxanne an I Want song is a nice character choice. Yeah. The song itself is just so lacking in subtlety. The way that the relationship between Roxanne is, is portrayed, that uh, the character of Roxanne is portrayed, is like she wants to be spoken to in a very romantic way. And so when she herself is not really speaking in that way, I'm like... Uh, practice what you preach, Roxanne. <laughs> right, totally. Yeah, like she's talking in this song the way that she would get annoyed with Christian for talking later. Like, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's it it's frustrating. It's so again when the the focus of the story of Cyrano is so much on words and like beautiful yeah. language and the the beauty and meaning and like love that you can convey through beautiful language. And, like, why are we not doing that in the songs? Yeah. And, like, uh, the the freaking, the choruses, chorus of this song especially is just, was driving me up the wall. Where it's like, I'd give anything for someone to say that they can't live without me and they'll be there forever. I'd give anything for someone to say to me, no matter how bad it gets, they won't turn away from me. So we're just not rhyming. We're not caring about rhyming, huh? Because, like, the only things that rhyme there are me and me. (laughs) right you don't always need to rhyme like a lot of good songs have been made without rhyming and that's like very purposeful not rhyming yeah um but i feel like musicals in general i more expect it yeah i don't know apparently like much like les mis this was recorded like on set the songs yeah and you can tell because some people are singing well and some people are not we'll get to it yeah (laughs) Like, Roxanne sounds fine. Roxanne's a, de- good, a good singer. She's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And a couple of her songs, I think, that are more, like, elaborate with what's going on. Yeah. Maybe may have been yeah. filmed and recorded slightly differently. Yeah. Well, there are, there are two songs on the on the soundtrack that I checked that have, like, radio edits. Um, yeah. Which are basically, like, they did them independently from, like, filming. Yeah. Um, which I, I listened to those and I was like, these are great. I like these, the, the two songs, which we'll get to. Um, but I keep saying, which we'll get to, we're kind of <laughs> stalling at the start, but I, I think are. it's important to state how, how jarring the, the musical factor in this was. <laughs> Very much threw me off, even though you yeah. had told me, cause you watched it before me and you were like, this is a musical. And I was like, oh, you didn't know either. <laughs> no. And then, and then I watched it and was like, this Sure is a musical. It sure, sure made is. some choices. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wonder why. Like, I, I was looking a little bit and I couldn't, like, find a reasoning for why it was a musical. Because I, I don't think there's been a Cyrano musical before. Or if there no. has, these are not the songs they used in them. Right. Like, and I, I, I don't know that there should be a Cyrano musical. Yeah, now I don't think so. <laughs> um, though, honestly, like, if they did it more lyrically, like, the like the way that, like, if they, the songs were better, sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, so this song basically goes on, uh, Roxanne's talking about how she wants true love as she's riding in the carriage. 
um, to the play. And we ha- we do meet Christian as well here, though he doesn't sing. Like he uh, sees Roxanne going into the play, and she's like, "Oh my god, this woman is beautiful!" And he's like, pays like the last bit of money he has in order to enter the play, which yeah. ag- again is a very like class emphasis thing, which is not in the play because in the play Christian is well off, like he is known. In like yeah. the society, people he comes in and people are like, "Oh, that's the that's the hot young uh, soldier Christian. He's a hot prospect. Everyone should want him." Here he's just like just joining the army. He's gonna be like a grunt basically, and like or not the army, like the guards in the city. Um, and so he's just like he's new in town. <laughs> um, he doesn't have much money. Doesn't really have a place to stay. Sees Roxanne is like, "I'm gonna pay the last bit of money I have to get into this play because I want to talk to her," which. Fair enough. And, like, the thing about, uh, thing I like about this movie is how, like, there's not an ounce of cynicism in this movie. Like, it is so, like, unapologetically, like, there's first, falling in love at first sight, everyone's romantic, everyone's in love, depending on, like, the way they talk about it, but, like, they still are very much head over heels in love. No cynicism whatsoever. I like that. Yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah. Um, and then I forget if it's like at the end of this song. No, it might be later. Um, where like Roxanne and Christian lock eyes and they fall in love at first sight. And I'm like, yeah. Roxanne, I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, like, this dude is very attractive. He is cute. I yeah, I I was very much appreciating a lot of people <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, just visually, it was very nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kelvin Harrison Jr. is the guy's name. I think he only had like his first leading role quite recently, like since then. Very hot. <laughs> Roxanne also hot. And yeah. like Peter Dinklage is hot. Come on. Yeah, he is. Like he's very attractive in this movie and we're going to, again, we're going to get to it. <laughs> yes. I really like this, this like set for the play, by the way. Yeah. Because like it was really like, it reminded me of like the way people talk about the Globe Theater back in like Shakespeare times where it was like, just like the masses like hanging out in the play, kind yeah. of like calling out, yeah. like, uh, like uh, poking fun at stuff happening on stage, et cetera, et cetera. And then there were like the only like fancy people were in like the quote almost like the box seats, but they weren't yeah. really box seats. They were just on the side. Yeah, they're they're just like they're in actual seats basically. Yeah. Which is the Globe still does that. It's super yeah, yeah. fun when I went there. It's like you can get a standing room ticket for five pounds where you're just like milling yeah. with the masses, and the actors mm-hmm. will probably like throw things at you. Um, and you can throw things at them if you like yeah. it's it's just anarchy or you can pay more and you can sit in a seat but you're not as yeah. close to the action yeah again like as like they're entering this play i really liked the little setup of the the mom like giving her her son a knife and being like go for the pockets of like people who are enraptured in the play or whatever we, we get also the like little conversation in the crowd of, again like a, a younger boy and an older man where the old man's like oh Montfleury is gonna be in this play and he's the best he's the best actor in the world and the kid's yeah. like sure sure, sure. Uh, we'll whatever see. you say <laughs> um and then uh Montfleury does come out he is like dressed like to the nines he's in some swan play I don't know or is it sheep or it's sheep He's like the in sheep. a sheep play. There were all these sheep. It was wild. It was fun. <laughs> I, I liked this, the staging of this. It like was it was very it was meant yeah. to just like show him as like a kind of self-obsessed actor, like yeah. kind of just more about the spectacle than actually caring about like 
the substance of the play, which is, again, leads to why Cyrano calls him out. <laughs> this is where we meet Cyrano. First, we don't see him at first. He's like up in the rafters somewhere. And he's yes. basically like, hey, hey, Montfleury, I said, don't come back here. Stop being in plays. You're bad. You don't care about art. Uh, just like in the middle of the play. He's such a dick. I love it. I love him. Um, and like everyone in the crowd is becoming like more interested in this like retort, like this retort back and forth than like anything yeah. that would have happened in the play. Right. And eventually, uh, Cyrano, yeah, Cyrano like swings in on a rope onto the stage. We see Roxanne like see him come in and they like meet eyes and he's like, he like does a shrug and she's like sighing. It's like, oh, of course he's doing this shit because they yeah. know each other. And I really like yeah. how this play really emphasizes that like they've known each other for a long time. They're childhood yeah. friends. Even though age wise with the actors, that does not yeah. work at all. But yeah, I mean, not not quite. I mean, it th- like childhood like necessarily doesn't mean like the same exact age. The actors are, I believe, 18 years apart. Yeah, but age. like I would believe like seven or eight, you know? Yeah, like, I, would, I, yeah. I would believe that that yeah. Peter Dinklage is in his early yeah. 40s. He's in his early 50s, but he can, you know, yeah. he comes yeah. off as younger, certainly. Yeah. So Valvera gets in the mix. Uh, everyone's doing trash insults about his height. Um, and Cyrano's like embracing it. He's like, yeah, I am a freak. Um, yeah which is very I mean, that's like what he is in the original play as well he's like yeah. yeah i know and like uh i know and i've made it anyways i'm cool i'm awesome right he's like i'm cooler than any of you even though you don't find me attractive like you don't think i'm normal looking you. <laughs> like what what why do you think you can you've got anything on me which i really like um, yeah yeah. Oh, one thing I I forgot to mention before that um I liked was how Roxanne was saying at the start how she was like, oh, I wouldn't be able to get into the play if I didn't go with De Guiche. And what I kind of realized is, no, she probably would have. She just would not have been in the box. She would have been in the in the rabble of the crowd. Um, which but that's not what she wants. So yeah, uh, that was just something I wanted to mention. And also, I like how at this point, like going back to where we were, the 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 crowd and the in the in the like actual crowd like the, all the poorer people they love Cyrano they're cheering for him and the the cake makeup folks in the box seats are like angry that the play is being interrupted yeah around here is where like Valvera is like getting in the fray and challenges Cyrano to a duel they start fighting with swords Cyrano starts uh rapping <laughs> yeah uh, okay uh peter dinklage is probably the worst singer in this movie he's cannot carry a tune no and so i get like why at least for this they were like trying to have it more like a speak singing thing i just was thinking about hamilton the whole time and i didn't want to be thinking about hamilton with this no it was um, such a choice i did not yeah. enjoy any of his singing yeah in this movie <laughs> But this song, which is uh, When I Was Born, uh, is basically like him saying, like, I've heard it all before. Like, people have been insulting me like this my whole life. Um, like, you, I'm like, I'm numb to it at this point. Like, I, it, like, you can't get me with this. Yeah. Um, and ends up just, uh, I, I wrote Rest in Piss, Valver. Um, yes. Just like, straight up, ha- accidentally kind of stabs him through the heart, where it was like, 
the, the duel had been done. He like defeated Valver and then turned around and Valver tried to like get him from behind. He like, ac- he like goes to turn and accidentally stabs Valver. And I like the way he like immediately showed regret for it. He was like, I did not mean for this to happen. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like gently letting him down, like kind of holding him. Like it, it's a good kind of establishing of Cyrano as like a guy who is kind of showy and like very like, like a uh, sarcastic and harsh in the way he can talk, but like does not really wish people ill. He's not mean. He only is mean to people when he thinks they deserve it. And certainly doesn't think that like this guy or probably even Montflurry deserves to die. Yeah. And during the play, I forget if it's before or after Cyrano does his thing. Uh, when uh, Roxanne and Christian lock eyes, it's love at first sight. Um, and she, they want to talk to each other, but then the little kid steals uh, Christian's bag. And he has to run off and get it. After the play, Cyrano is talking with his buddy. Uh, they, no one was consistent about this. Some people called him Lebret. Some people called him Lebray. Um, yeah. I want to add that no one's really trying to do accents in this movie, which is fine. No. Uh, Cyrano is just straight up American. Yeah, the only like there's only like four real characters in this movie, and of them, Ben Mendelsohn's the only one who's actually British. Yeah, I'm fine with them not really trying. Like sometimes no, I just don't I care. I don't really care. It's yeah. like none of none of this is anything resembling reality. So yeah. like it's fine. When, when a story feels more like grounded in the historical moment or whatever, I'm like wanting them to more do accents. But here I'm like, yeah. eh. and yeah. it's like I could, it doesn't really. It's not like that's important to what's going on right. here. Like aesthetically, we're in. For, pre-revolutionary france yeah and more or less and like the the costumes are very much in that yeah era and i liked them a lot mm-hmm. um that's one of my favorite historical costuming eras it's so fun yeah this one got the <laughs> zoe costume seal of approval good yeah oh yeah it's i'm like using the that that era for a lot of aesthetic and mm. political inspiration for the fantasy novel I'm working on. And mm. it's it's a it's just a fun time aesthetically. Yeah. And also there's a lot of like political upheaval that is yeah. cool to look at. Yeah. yeah. Uh and so Cyrano and LeBray are talking afterwards, and LeBray is like, You were trying to impress someone that <laughs> tonight. Um and Cyrano's like, Yeah, you're right. I'm in love with Roxanne and she's never gonna love me back because look at me or whatever. Um and LeBray's like, I don't know, she might. And then yeah. suddenly uh, they are approached by um, Marie, who says, hey, Roxanne wants to meet with you somewhere tomorrow privately. And so I love the little that was like LeBray and Cyrano where they're like, oh, my God, wait, no, she does like you. She's going to confess to her love to you tomorrow. Like, yeah. it's really cute. <laughs> it's adorable. What we also learn is like Cyrano is like, not like a captain in the guard, but he's like higher ranking in the city's guard. As Cyrano's going home, he gets attacked by a bunch of dudes. In the play, it's literally a hundred men he fights off. Here, it's clear he's exaggerating, but he gets attacked by a bunch of dudes. So many. And it's clear that it's Lagish. I forget if he, he actually sees him in that moment or it's just like kind of obvious. The next day... They meet at uh, Ragano's Bakery. Ragano is a character in the play. They cut a bunch of characters from the play, including the dude who's a Christian's buddy, who like yeah. keeps getting in gambling trouble or something. Like, oh, that's yeah. fine. Like, he doesn't need yeah. to be here for Whatever. this. Um, <laughs> like, if you're condensing it down and cutting people, like, you don't really need him there. 
Um, but Ragano is in the play. Um, they don't really get into the whole thing of Ragano and his wife and the wife cheating on him with a musketeer. That's fine too. Um, basically Ragano is like, Hey, Tirano, I'm trying to write a poem. Can you read it and tell me if it's good? <laughs> uh, it's cute. Um, but, uh, Tirano's like, yeah, sure. I will. Um, you have like a private room that Roxanne and I can meet in. This is where we get the bread boy dance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I, I like on a so bad it's good level where I'm like, totally. <laughs> like I get not liking it, but I was like, oh man, these like shirtless dudes covered in flowers spinning around. I'm yeah. down with this. Oh, it was certainly far from my least favorite choreography okay. in this movie. It was, okay. it was some of the goofiest, certainly, yeah. Yeah. but it was not as bad as the one later where there's like all these women with just the like are like fingers like vertical arms and like fingers rotating. It was really weird. I couldn't tell you what song this was. And so Cyrano finally reads uh Ragano's uh poem where Ragano is trying to do all this like artsy language about like the universe and the planets and stuff like that. And Cyrano's like I think it would probably work better if you wrote uh, metaphors related to something you do know about. Like, uh, and like he makes the point and Ragnar realizes, oh, I can like talk about romance in terms of like bread and baking and stuff like that, which is good advice. Like, yeah. that's nice of Cyrano to kind of give that, uh, that, that tip. Yeah. Wish he would do that with Christian. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's a reason he doesn't tell uh, I know. Like, there's a reason he doesn't give um, Christian like um, intro to poetry 101 in yeah. college. There's a reason. Yes. Um, yes. And so Roxanne and Cyrano meet in this like little side uh, room in the bakery. I love this scene <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because Roxanne's like, I have something to tell you. It's so important. Uh, and like Cyrano is like so excited, like because she's talking about how she's she's realized she's in love and she's in love with the man and he's like quick-witted and smart and so clever and he's like oh tell like and she's like expecting her to say like any moment it's you um and he's so excited and then she says and he's the most beautiful man I've ever seen and that's when he realizes it's not him it's just it's it's like you can see like the this is like I'm doing a Simpsons quote I don't know you can see the moment his heart breaks (laughs) yeah well and there's a really sweet like like wonderful writing thing in in here with his his wound he's been injured and she's taking care of it and she calls it a wound and he's like no it's just a scratch and then at the end of the scene after she has emotionally wounded him he call he says the word wound yeah and this comes up again at the end of the movie it's it's good writing the music kind of brings down the general quality of the writing in this movie yeah, but there are a lot of yeah, strong writing yeah. choices and good lines like and that. again in the scene at the beginning where uh roxanne is like tending his wound where he's like you should see the other guys and roxanne says i'm not impressed by your swordsmanship and he says oh i know or rather i know you pretend you're not <laughs> yeah uh, it's less cute. cute they're cute um and so she says like the guy I'm in love with, she, I guess she like did some looking into him or something. Uh, his name is Christian. I fell in love with him at first sight at the play last night. I know he's like joining the guard. Can you take care of him and make sure he's not treated too harshly and like potentially like get us a meeting? Um, and he's like, he like, he wants Roxanne to be happy so bad. And like, 
even in the moment where his like heart is broken, he's like, yeah, sure. It's real rough. Yeah. And then I think the next scene is where um, Cyrano is like at the guard, like training headquarters or whatever you call it. Uh, and um, he is approached by uh, the, the Geish. He like offers Cyrano like patronage, basically. Right. Where he's like, I, I will pay you to write poems and stuff. And, um, and Cyrano is like, you're going to pay me to write like boring stuff that doesn't matter. And I'm about the art. And honestly, yeah. in the midst of the Writers Guild of America strike right now, this felt very poignant. Uh, totally, where people, yeah. where, where where the where like the like corporation is like, oh well, they love writing; they'll come back no matter what. And it's like, even the love of writing is not enough if you are not like taking like taken care of. Um, right, like there's there's only so many people who want to write, yeah, garbage, yeah. Um, yeah like or even if it's not garbage just who want to cater to the wishes of like corporate overlord or aristocratic overlord in this case like yes that's always there always has to be some sort of compromise there if you want any sort of money off of your art but like there's levels to that and and most people are not willing to totally sell their souls just to make money off of their writing because it's yeah. like your art is your art. Christian shows up and like the other like uh, younger guards are like riling him up. It's it's like hazing. It's like they're a frat. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're like, uh, Christian's going to fight someone. And then Cyrano comes in to to fight him. Um, he's like, what's your name? And Christian, Christian sells him. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I can't fight this dude. And it makes, uh, cause the Christian does insult his height like once. Um, yeah. And, but then like, once they like get to know each other, he's like, I'm sorry. I was just trying to impress the, the other guards and stuff like that, which I, yeah, I, I mean, it's not as bad as a lot of other people do, but I think Christian, like a lot of other people in this movie underestimates, uh, Cyrano because of it. Or just like underestimates like his human wants are like because like he is so oblivious like it is so obvious that Cyrano is in love with Roxanne and he does not figure it out until way too late. Um, yeah. But I think even though like because in this moment where uh, Christian's like oh I'm in love with her but I am terrible at writing letters Cyrano's like Roxanne wants you to write her a letter and Christian's like I am not good at language I am not good at talking I can't write a letter and Cyrano's like. I will do it for you. Um, which is the whole, like, if you know, like, Cyrano de Bergerac as a story, that's the kind of main thrust of yeah. it where... That is the setup. Yeah. Cyrano is writing letters for Christian because Christian isn't capable of it. To, he's, he's, he's writing love letters to Roxanne through Christian. He's using Christian as the face and it's all yeah, his words yeah. in, the, yeah. in the, the relationship that ensues, which is... yeah really really bad job but that is the central that's the central thing of the story and that's why it is so painful ultimately the thing about that setup as well is like it's a bad thing for them to do but you get and sympathize where both of them are coming from um and so like even though it's like they should not be doing this this is really like toying with roxanne like it's hard to hate them because like you 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 understand like the emotional place it's coming from. Uh they start sending letters. And I I like oh, well first um there's the song that Christian has 
um, with all the army, with all the guard boys, and they do a dance and stuff like that. And it's like, again, this is all stuff that they say not in song. Something that annoys me about this movie, again, going back to the music, is that Christian is is much better with words when he's singing yeah. than he is when he's talking. And Cyrano and Roxanne are much worse with words when they're singing than when they are yeah. talking. Because the songs are basically all at the same level of yeah. like like uh, poetic yeah um, and that's a really really frustrating thing because the songs yeah. could have been used to further show those aspects of the characters and instead yeah. they just flatten everything like i wanted moments during the songs where like christian paused because he couldn't think of a rhyme for like the right. thing he said. like that would have been like a characterization thing yeah and it was a thing where like the songs themselves felt kind of if you cut them out like it would not matter because it was all stuff that was being established in other moments because this is one of those things where it is showing like the process of them falling in love. Um, yeah. And this is, this is one where if you cut it out, it would miss something. Like, yeah. This, they actually make a scene into a song rather than just kind of tacking a song onto a scene. And I also really liked the like choreography of this in part because it's really the only three, only the three of them. There's not like really yeah. a lot of group dancing, et cetera. Um, yeah. This was my favorite song in the, in the thing, yeah. I think. Cause it, this is, I think, Tied for my favorite song with one that comes later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think especially with Roxanne, it's very pretty yeah. and there's a lot of emotion coming through. Yeah. It's also very sensual. <laughs> it's very like sexual almost. Yeah. Where like she's like read she's like dragging the letter across her like collarbone and stuff. Yeah. I was like, whoa, okay, this is a Yeah, lot. but like I, it makes sense because the thing yeah. that Roxanne mostly gets horny for is the, is the letters. Exactly, she's so horny for the for the this letter, yeah. and it's like honestly, I g- could get that. Um, yeah, and like, but like the way that that's framed shows that like that is what she's into. Yeah, exactly. It's, she's about the words. Yeah, she, she spends so long not seeing Christian again, where it's like very much clear, like this is what's important to her. Yeah. Um, in the moments where she's actually with Christian, it's much more awkward. Uh, in part yes. because Christian is not speaking the way that he should be to her. But, like, also, like, this is the thing that she cares about, clearly. Yeah. Um, and, all I mean, also the thing is, like, poor Christian just never has a chance. He, he is not privy to the relationship that he is supposedly yeah. in. He doesn't yeah. even know what Cyrano is saying. Yeah. Much less having it come from him. Yeah. It's, it's all... It's all Cyrano. I I can't help but think about what would have happened if they had not done this. And what happened is Roxanne would have been disappointed, but probably gotten over it. (laughs) Right. Uh, It would have been okay. It would have been a short-lived little cute thing that didn't go anywhere because she would realize that he wasn't going to give her what she wanted. And, you know, of course, there's a different version of things that, that... would go wrong in different ways later, potentially, in which Cyrano teaches Christian how, like, gives him that Poetics 101 Mm -hmm. class, and Christian really tries, and, you know, things still don't work, but that would be, like, less of a bad job on Cyrano's part, but that's not what Cyrano wants. The whole situation gives him a chance to express his true feelings to Roxanne through someone who he knows she's attracted to, and so it's just this tragedy of like, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm thinking about it, like, even if Christian was trying to, was like, 
in a creative writing class or what like we're saying. Um, and he like talked to Rock Fan and Roxanne would be able to be like, oh, he's trying. Even if like she right. didn't, like, even if it wasn't enough for her, like it still would have ended okay. But of course, um, uh, like the thing about these, the tragedy of it is like everyone was like following their emotions to the highest possible peak, and that's what yeah. made it go bad. Um, it's a romantic tragedy. Like that's what happens in these. Yeah. If it was a healthy love story, it wouldn't be Cyrano de Bergerac, right? And yeah, I really just like the way that they choreographed uh, Roxanne in her in her like house, where the like the the shot with her like walking through like the curtain with like the letters falling is I love that was beautiful. And again, like lyric wise, the reason that this works for me better is even though it's like not super poetic, there is more like metaphor and stuff i'll read a couple of the verses where it's like these words are the truth just let them sink in through your thin fingered gloves to your hands to your skin like ribbons on wrist let them hold you and twist let them touch you all over until you can't resist i like that that's a that's like a yeah. well-written uh two verses and i feel like it is more in line with the kind of stuff the national usually write like i don't quite get why in a lot of the other songs it's so like blunt because if more of the songs kind of felt like that, I think I would have liked it more. <laughs> but that so there's that song, and then rock. It, it's like implied like a while passes. Um, and that, that's another thing that songs and musicals are good for is like the passage of time, like yeah, kind of conveying a thing happening over a period of time. Yeah. If the whole thing had used songs the way that this song is used, I would have yeah. no objections to this being a musical. Yeah. No. Um, even if like like we said Peter Dinklage is not a very good singer but like no. I would have still been like uh, it, see like I'm thinking about again Les Mis Russell yeah. Crowe can't sing but it's no, fine but the thing is like again with the recording live on set if they yeah. gave these people the chance to just record it in a studio it would sound better and the acting would be the same it's frustrating and like I get the like desire to do it like that where like authenticity and whatever and it's like right yeah but it makes it worse like right <laughs> i don't well, know also it's like they there's this claim that it's closer to the experience of live theater but the thing is when you're watching a musical live they've rehearsed it in exactly the way they're going to do yeah. it and they're they might make tiny changes right like opt-ups or whatever mm. if they're feeling up for it but like Generally, they're doing the same thing for yeah, multiple shows a week and like with these musical movies, they're asking actors to make decisions in the moment and it's like unless they're really good trained singers already, yeah. then it it the singing suffers because they're yeah. trying to make spontaneous acting choices without being fully prepared yeah. musically, which is why in like the Les Mis movie some people sound better than others and they're the people who had been in the show on stage oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sound better it that that movie doesn't have anything that is quite as disappointing to me as Peter Dinklage yeah, is no. singing in this movie is but it's a, the yeah. same sort of thing where like you can tell in that movie who had done the show on stage yeah like Samantha Barks who is yeah. who is um Eponine yeah. In the movie, had played Eponine like for years on stage, yeah. and is doing what she already yeah. knew she could do, and it it sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, and like Aaron yeah. Tveit is very good in it, and he's a musical yeah. actor. He's done a bunch of musicals. He's still doing musicals. Like exactly. they had like musical actors 
there like doing their thing yeah. and it reminds me again this is we're getting a little off topic here uh did you ever see the uh the quote-unquote live action lion king oh god no i couldn't it's not it. good it's very <laughs> bad but the one like actually good performance of the songs in that movie is young nala and it's i think it's genuinely because the actress had been nala on broadway oh yeah everyone else like the the kid being young simba is just like a cute little kid who has done like pop songs right and he doesn't know how to perform it i just think it's so unfair to the performers to like thrust them into doing something that they're not prepared for and are not going to do well because like you know back to peter dinklage like his acting is so good in this movie and he's so like, he has so much nuance that he brings to this character, and I, I just really enjoy him. I hate whenever he's singing because it yeah. sounds bad. Yeah. And, like, if they had just worked with him a bit more and made different choices, that wouldn't have been the case. And I just feel like that's yeah. a disservice to yeah. the lead actor. So after this uh, Letters song, which, again, uh, is your favorite song. It's one of mine. Um, yeah. We get... Roxanne talking to Cyrano like I want to meet him in person now I want to hang out with him in person and Cyrano's like is that a good I don't know maybe maybe you should not do that (laughs) um and she's like no can you arrange a meeting and again it's like Cyrano's so heartbroken through all of this uh because he's like he's like he's real because for him it feels like oh so my words aren't enough for her where it's like, right. of course they're not, like, if this is a real romance, like, they're gonna want to hang out in person. It's not like nowadays where you can be best friends with someone online, you know? Like, right? Yeah. yeah. We've met, like, once in a summer, and, like, you're still yeah. my best friend. Like, it, that's not gonna happen in freaking... <laughs> we were in physical proximity to each other for, like, three months, and we saw yeah. each other a few times, yeah. and, like, otherwise we have had a fully long-distance friendship, and it's great. Yeah. But that was not possible in the 18th century. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. You could, uh, th- there was no online dating in 18th no. century. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and so Cyrano's like, sure, I'll, I'll arrange it. She goes home, and Marie's like, hey, uh, Lagish is here. Lagish <laughs> is telling her, like, I'm going to war. Um, I won't be around much longer, so I need an answer for you. And yeah. he also says that, like, I'm bringing the guards to war. Um, and so Cyrano, your buddy, is going to be in a lot of danger. And so Roxanne realizes, oh, shit. Also, Christian will be in danger there, too. Yeah. Um, and so she does her little manipulative bit uh, where yeah. she's like, oh, well, you know what would hurt Cyrano even more is if you didn't take him to war and let him have that glory. He would feel like he was being left at home and like insulted that you don't think he's capable which and, is actually true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But, like, she's right, but like, also this is a great way to get Christian and Cyrano off yeah, the hook for exactly. this. Yeah, uh, exactly. And then we get Christian and uh, Cyrano walk into that meeting, and Cyrano's, like, trying to give him cliff notes of stuff he should say, and Christian's like, no, I think I'm ready. I want to do it myself. Yeah. And, and he's like, like, thank you, Cyrano, but I've got it from here. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> and like, we're supposed to think that too. Like, you don't, man. It yeah. feels a little bit condescending to Cyrano as well. Like, uh, right? and like it's kind of meant to. Um, yeah. 
Christian's a himbo and he doesn't necessarily have bad intent, but he says stupid things sometimes. He does, which is is just the archetype of that character. The, yeah. the poor, tragic himbo who acts and yeah. says without thinking. Yeah, and I think there are ways to play it that make him less of like a, a charming himbo in the sense yeah. of like, oh, I'm just I just wanna I just want to be nice to this girl and have her, I want to love her and I don't know how to say it. And more of kind of a like, oh, he is actually taking advantage of right. Yeah. You, him. You, you can make the character entitled and, and a user if you play it a certain way. That makes me think of the other modern high school adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac, which you didn't even mention because it's not good. Oh, the, God. The, freaking, the Netflix Sierra Burgess is a loser yeah, movie. Burgess is a loser bad the movie is a loser yeah and it's gender bent in the sense that like Cyrano and the Christian character are girls and the Roxanne character is a guy I think that's a stupid choice kind of but I don't know there's an element of which I feel like Christian needs to be a dude but yeah he needs to be a himbo like yeah I really really enjoy um Cyrano as a lesbian like that's happened twice now and I thought it was a great choice both times but that's because I think like playing with like Roxanne possibly being bi and there being like an element of the Cyrano character not knowing that or not not you know thinking that like Roxanne's going to go for the more socially acceptable relationship in it being a man as well as whatever other baggage is a really interesting layer to add just swapping the genders doesn't do anything and so the reason I mentioned that is because I think that the relationship between Sierra and I'm looking her name is Veronica I guess um the Christian equivalent is a lot more like uh kind of contentious the whole it, it starts before even like they make an agreement where like the the Roxanne dude thinks that he's talking to Veronica like before uh them like she starts writing him stuff before she even like offers to do it for Veronica which is dumb yeah. it makes it makes the Sierra character worse like right. it makes her manipulative and yeah. like it's not that Cyrano de Bergerac isn't manipulative. It's just like he only starts being manipulative when he's presented with like the perfect opportunity to like it's like like convey his feelings. Like yeah, you know, um, yeah. There, there was a reason no one liked that movie, and everyone liked the half of it. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. And well, speaking of himbo Christians, I love the him. I love the Christian in that movie. He is such a himbo, and um. He and and uh, Ellie like develop a very sweet relationship with like him like uh, making food of her father and stuff. It's great. Um, yeah, it's so yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love their their little friendship in that movie. It's adorable. Probably want to talk about the half of it at some point. Probably. Um, yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorites in like recent memory ad- of adaptations. Same. It's really good. I um, wish Alice Wood would make more movies she's only done two and they're both excellent yeah 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 Roxanne's doing like a ladies like poetry club or something yeah um and Christian goes to see her and she's like this is a girls only place and he's like I I mean I just heard about it I wasn't gonna enter I'm sorry and so they talk a bit and Roxanne's like speak to me like how you do in your letters and Christian's trying he's like I love you uh 
you're great. <laughs> Which is again, kind of how it goes in the play where like all he can kind of say is I love you. Cause he doesn't really know how to express it in any other way. And it frustrates Roxanne. And she's like, I'm done with you. And she leaves and he ha- she has another decent song. Uh, the, I need more song. This might be the one you were talking about with the weird choreography though. Yeah. Um, I like the, the song. Cause again, it's like Roxanne speaking in this more poetic way because of the like it fits with the like reaction she just had to christian um and i like this song this is like a this is not she had her i want song before this is her i need song and yeah. i like that yeah. um, after roxanne storms home christian goes to see her and is like i messed up you were right i do need you and we get the balcony scene which yes. um uh, Christian is like at Roxanne's balcony and he is just obscured enough to uh, not be able to, for her not to be able to see his face and how he's talking. Um, And basically like uh, Cyrano is hiding behind the corner, whispering things to Christian for him to say. Um, And he's like speaking how Roxanne wants him to be speaking. Roxanne is so oblivious in this scene because at some point, like she's like, Christian, why are you like pausing so long? And yeah. Cyrano's like, shit, okay, I'm I'm tagging in. And so he jumps in and uh, so he starts actually talking for Christian, like himself. And uh uh Roxanne can't tell their voices apart. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well she does ask later, why is your voice an octave lower? And he's like, uh, this is how I sound when I'm being honest, I guess. Yeah. And it's like, dude, bad job. You could have tried. You didn't even try. And then after this bit where uh, Christian's like, uh, she's like, what? He, Christian's like, I'd like to kiss you. Um, he like blurts it out and Sierra's like, no, bad idea. But Roxanne's like, yeah, come up, let's kiss. Um, yeah. And an important difference, I think, from the play to here. This is like one of the only real big differences is that in the play, Cyrano and Christian kind of fight to go up and kiss her. Um, yeah. Cyrano wants to have this opportunity, even though, like, obviously, uh, Roxanne would be shocked. Um, but here, um, Cyrano's like, go get her. Yeah, well, he is more self-sacrificing and living through Christian yeah. in this version. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, I not think so. even trying at this point to, like... Yeah get with Roxanne himself yeah. he's kind of yeah. given that up as yeah. as a notion yeah um yeah and so when they kiss uh it's like right when the freaking the priest shows up oh, and he has a message from Lagish saying I'm gonna be here and when this priest is gonna marry us whether you want and I will leave even if you don't let him marry us I will have satisfaction before I leave which is uh, uh. if we just go like full-on fucking sexual assault yeah. threat here. Yeah. Like, it gets real yeah. dark. Yeah. Um, this guy Where, was like, creepy before, but this gets real dark. And so, again, uh, Roxanne has a little gaslight gatekeep girl boss moment where she says to the priest, this letter is telling you to marry me, get me and Christian to get married. <laughs> and so they do. And it's interesting because it's, like, very much, like, she is under threat of being sexually assaulted. And yeah. I think even like in this moment like this is the best thing she can do to kind of save herself um even though like obviously if she kept Cyrano around Cyrano would have fucking killed this dude um yes but like I think in this moment she's like well I'm in love with Christian anyways 
this is she's like thinking on her feet like this is like a a way to do like get out of the situation while also keeping like Cyrano and Christian safe as possible yeah Uh, where it's like well if I'm already married like the geese has no claim on me as the geese is heading over uh Ben Mendelsohn has his song um which is I thought was interesting in contrast to Roxanne's songs earlier where she was talking about what she needs yeah um and here he's talking about what he deserves. Yup. And he has like, God, Roxanne, am I asking for too much? Why should I have to beg for what everybody wants? It's like, yeah, because you don't aren't entitled to anything, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a good fucking villain song. Yeah, it, it was it a, was... this is like straight up like Frollo from Hunchback. Uh, yeah. Moment. It's great. Um, and then he gets there and it's like, well, uh, too late. I'm married to Christian. And so the geese is like, I... I'm going to send all of the guards to war. Um, and so Roxanne and Christian are immediately torn apart after just getting married. And now we jump to war, which is an interesting bit. They, it, we are in like the snowy mountains. Like they are cut off from the world, basically. And it looks very, very rough, which is how it should look because war is hell. <laughs> Cyrano is writing more letters to Roxanne than Christian realizes. He thinks they're doing like a letter a week. Um, Cyrano's writing to her every day. Yep. And so everyone's like sending letters back from the war. There's a little song that people have of like, a little song Christian has of like wanting to go back home to Roxanne. Um, and then more distinctly, there is the song Wherever I Fall, which is my other favorite song. <laughs> yeah. It is sung. The first singer is uh, Glenn Hansard, who was uh, the main, the lead in Once, if you know that musical. Yeah. Everyone in this movie, everyone in the scene, like, are good singers, and it's three different random guards sending letters to their loved ones. Um, yeah. And each of them has a, has a verse about, like, the woman they've left behind. Or, no. Just the people they've left behind, yeah. First guard, which is Glenn Hansard, is uh, singing to his wife and, um, and says to the boy collecting the letters, like, take this letter to my wife and tell her I love my life and tell my boy is the Lord he found me. Uh, etc and then guard two has a girl at home who he thinks he loves and never told so he says like take this letter to my girl tell her i saw the whole world say that right before i fell i said her name out loud isabel and so then that's very sad um and the third guard is talking about his father uh, a sitter he's like getting drunk he likes to fight etc he like and so the guy's like like wishes he could take care of his father still and he says, so take this letter to him, please, and tell him I can't wait to see him. I went in first, I rang the bell, I called his name out loud, and I gave him hell. That's so, that's so sad. Like, so I, sad. I got there first, but we're going to see each other again. That's so sad. Um, but, the, but the line is, uh, tell him not to cry at all, heaven is wherever I fall. Mm-hmm. And again, this is like, I guess, this is a song where technically you could cut it, but it's so good and so it. poignant that you should. Yeah. Um, yeah. compared to like earlier when we were talking about songs where like you could cut it and nothing has changed this is a song where you could cut it but it adds another layer to this whole sequence yeah it does it adds it adds an emotional depth and like stakes like yeah you know and it and it sets us up for the the tragedy that's about to strike like, yeah so it's a big battle that's coming up and uh Cyrano and Christian talk before it and this is when Christian realizes Oh, you're in love with her. He finally gets it. <laughs> Christian's like, well, 
she is definitely in love with you more than she is with me because it's the letters that matter to her. And Cyrano's like, no, you're it, she, it, it's you. So here's a big change from the play that I don't like. Because in the play, in this bit, it's less framed as like the, how isolated the army is right now. Um, it is more like people are able to kind of come and go from the camp. And yeah. Roxanne shows up and she, right. she wants to see Christian. And um, she like sings a song for the guards and they like talk. And so when Christian gets shot, he dies in Roxanne's arms. And Cyrano basically whispers to him as he's dying, like, I told Roxanne and she said it was still you. Like to kind of comfort him as he's dying. Yeah. And I like that. And I also feel like having Roxanne not be there at all and not seeing her again until the flash forward makes the impact of Christian's death on her much less impactful. Right. Like she hasn't seen him since they got married and we haven't seen her since they got married. Yeah. Yeah. We cut forward like, what is it? Like five years, five to 10 years or something. And suddenly Roxanne is a nun. Like, and we don't see that moment where she is like, this is the love of my life. Life has just died. I should just become a nun. Um, And so it feels kind of sudden. Like we don't, we get from like her, we don't get her like immediate grief. We get to her years later, like still sad. But when we cut forward, because Cyrano has also been injured, but he doesn't die. We cut forward, we jump forward. uh, We get some nuns talking about uh, how Roxanne, uh, Cyrano comes to visit Roxanne and he always like uh, does little flirtations with the with the nuns and stuff like that. Um, it's one yeah. nun I forget her name, but she's really into Cyrano. Um, cute. Yeah, but what I like, we'll get to that. But like Cyrano is like walking to go visit Roxanne. He looks he looks like shit. Uh, he's like he's graying. He's clear. He's like very badly injured. Like yeah, all, like suddenly now. Um, and again, it's like not exactly clear what happened in the play. It's also not, but like, it's like very much said, like he got attacked and he's bleeding out, um, as he's going to see Roxanne. Um, and what we learn here is that the last letter to Roxanne that Christian quote unquote Christian wrote Cyrano has, she like Roxanne has never let Cyrano read it. Um, and so he goes to see Roxanne and this is when like uh the the, the nun I forget, like sister something uh sister clara or something she's like Cyrano, hey are, are you staying for dinner i, I would love to, i'd love to see you um and yeah. roxanne sees this and it's like i i like that this is the first like roxanne finally gets to see someone flirt with Cyrano. <laughs> it's great yeah Cyrano knows he is dying he's bleeding out and so he wants he asks roxanne can i read the letter that christian the last letter christian wrote to you and she says sure she like it shows that like she keeps it like in her dress like all over her heart like all the time which is sweet um it's like the one kind of thing we get of like her grieving for christian um and i wish there was more of it but um he reads the letter and i think it's that he's not wearing his glasses like he took them off and roxanne realizes like He's not, he shouldn't be able to read this. How does he know what it says? And in that moment, it clicks for her. Oh, he wrote it. And she realizes, oh, you wrote all of them. And she's rightfully mad. Um, But like Cyrano talks about how like, I didn't think you would ever love me back. 
And I think it kind of hits her like it, it really was always Cyrano I was in love with. Yeah. And then Cyrano freaking falls to the ground because he's died. <laughs> and they get us a, a very sweet song as he's yeah. dying. Like before this, they talk about how like um Cyrano and Roxanne met when um he would go to uh, Roxanne's father's library and he wanted to get a book and then he found Roxanne reading it and he was and they like had a little fight of like can you give me the book and she was like no I want to read it and that was like when they met and that's very cute yeah he's dying in and Cyrano's like I don't understand the one you love's not here I buried that man with my very own hands long ago in a blackberry field and we get like a musical motif coming back where before there was the the madly bit of like, have you ever loved someone madly? And we get that back here. And, and Roxanne's like crying. She's grieving. She said, like, I won't let you go. Um, and I think in this moment, it is completely like clear for Roxanne to be very confused. Yeah. Like she just learned so much stuff and now her best buddy is dying in her arms. And so right. like, I think that in that moment, like her, any anger she had, like kind of has to be put off. Well, she doesn't have the time to process anything. Oh, yeah, and she no. can't be mad at Cyrano properly the way that she maybe would have been if it had come out differently. Yeah. And then as he is dying, uh, they do fi- he, they do finally kiss. And then he dies. They get a wide shot of Roxanne crying, holding Cyrano in his, her arms. It zooms out. Cut to credits. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like that is how the play ends it is but but it, like it is so like like it is kind of like a thing where i'm just like that's it <laughs> like right? and like that's the thing it that it has how it's supposed to be it's supposed to be that's it um yeah but, but it the cut to credits is just jarring it is jarring but in a way that i think it worked for me i don't know if it worked for you totally but for yeah. me it was like I, I almost expected, like, some sort of scene after where, right. like, um, like either, like, a dream sequence of, like, Cyrano and Roxanne together he has after, as he's dying or, like, Roxanne talking with the nuns or something. I kind something. of expected something. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad that it just ended with yeah. the, the horrible moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the whole movie and, like, how I expect of, like, Joe Wright and et cetera – I expect it to end on a much more like romantic and kind of positive note. Right. You can't do that with Cyrano de Bergerac. No. Especially because like all the modern versions we've been mentioning all rewrite the ending. Yeah, yeah. Because all of them don't have him die. <laughs> Most of them end with the Cyrano character and the Roxanne character getting together. Yeah. So I I really liked this movie. I gave it, I've been using Letterboxd a lot more recently and I gave it four stars with the caveat that it is closer to uh it's like between it's like closer to a four than a 3.5 but yeah. it's, it's like a 3.75 yeah like a 3.8 maybe. <laughs> and my my big thing is like if this was not a uh a musical it would have been a 4.5 probably like yeah. it would have gone up there i Absolutely. tend to reserve five stars for like my favorite movie i've ever seen yeah it never would have been that but i think it would have been really no. good for me yeah I think it was a well-made, well-cast, mostly yeah. well-written, yeah. gorgeous movie. The music yeah. really brought it down. But, like, I do understand, like, how other people could watch this and, like, the the musical aspect of it. Totally. Um, We're being haters. 
Um, yeah, we are being haters all. And like, um, we enjoyed this movie. This happens yeah, no. sometimes when we when we like something, but we nitpick the the I like mean, one thing that yeah. was wrong with it. I mean, <laughs> when we talked about Malice and Misrule, like a lot yeah. of that was just me ragging on it. But like, yeah. I really liked that series. Like that yeah. kind, you have to kind of do that. Um, exactly. But yeah, I re- again, I really love this and. We are retroactively making this musical May. Uh, yes. Because uh, because we had the skip last week, we want to do two weeks in a row. Um, the first thing we did in May was the Weird Al Yankovic movie. Um, since we did Cyrano right after, and I realized it was a musical, I texted Zoe, like, what if we just make this musical yes. May? Um, and so next week, we are doing a, a third musical. Yeah. Um, and it's not <laughs> as good of a movie. We are doing... <laughs> We're doing the Geppetto from 2000 starring Drew Carey. <laughs> yes. Which uh, I'll talk about it more, but I like came across it and I typed the story like, we have to do this. Yeah. Um, and I was like, sure, it looks stupid. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. And um, then I was like, and then we were like, let's do musical May. And I was like, let's just do Geppetto now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about that movie <laughs> next week. Um, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can go to. Uh, Twitter and Instagram on both. We are It's Super Impod. If you search It's Super Important on basically any podcast provider, um, you can listen to us. And if those providers allow you to re- leave a review, why not? Uh, yeah, or like leave a, yeah, leave a comment. Tell us whether you think we were wrong about not liking the music in this or not. Um, yeah, give us all your hot takes. Yeah, yeah, we love hot takes. Yeah. Um, Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye!